Hello there, all of my HOD podcast listeners. We are back once again with another podcast here on this Sunday. We hope and pray that you all are well. Uh, currently, we are out on the road headed to Myrtle Beach. Y'all know where I love to be. I got to get down there uh, to uh, at least have a partial anniversary slash birthday celebration. Uh, me, and my wife, and my three little ladies. Um, but we do appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Uh, we are definitely going to uh, make sure that we keep things rolling, giving you guys those good podcasts. Uh, we appreciate all of the prayers uh, that have been sent out for uh, those that we have mentioned on our podcast prayer list. Um, they are also thankful, um, given uh uh, a good report on our cousin Raheen and we also appreciate you guys praying for uh, Nicole Reed as she is continuing to um, believe and trust God for her complete healing and we're trusting and believing him for her healing as well uh, we are about to jump into this podcast we hope you guys are ready so the way we always do it sit back relax for as long as you can kick the feet up Make sure those church socks are on and prepare yourself to have a good slide across that kitchen floor as we jump into this podcast. So as we always do, let's get it. We won't we won't have to drum up a praise ever again if everybody would just bring your thank you Jesus to church. If you will remember to pack your thank you, Jesus, the praise will be automatic. And I've been telling the choir all year long, there's something about the old way. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, the way you used to give, the way you used to live, the way you used to walk, and the way you used to talk. Tell them we got to go back and do it all over again.
inside. A vision inside. Like it's part of He created me. He created me. For His glory. For His glory. No defeat. No defeat. I'm a winner. I am a winner. I'm victorious. I am victorious. I won't He'll turn it for you good. Y'all gotta get with us.
Come on, stand with us and clap. How many of y'all believe that? Say all things. Working for my
to your precious bleeding son. God, we thank you tonight for the total sufficiency of Jesus Christ. In him we have all that we need. Thank you for this gathering and how we have turned this into sacred space to worship you and to hear from your word. Stand up now in your servant. Grant unto me that anointing that makes preaching easy. God, I don't stand to entertain. I stand only to give you glory. Let yokes be destroyed. Lives be changed. Ministries be stretched. Healing occur. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what thou dost love and do what thou dost do. In the matchless, marvelous, majestic name of the Master, we pray. Now, would you give God an amazing praise all over this convention center? Now, that sounds like you did it because I asked you to do it. But if you really love the Lord tonight, if you're excited to be in the presence of the Lord, can you give God a great praise? Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Put a sound in the atmosphere tonight. before you take your seats, would you help me honor tonight a leader and a man that I have held great admiration for across the years, the wonderful and incredible presiding prelate of this, the Church of God in Christ. Would you help me thank God tonight for Bishop Charles Edward Blake. We honor you tonight, sir. Come on, let's thank God for him tonight. We bless God for him. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord to the general board, the Church of God in Christ, to all of the bishops, to the chairman of this wonderful, incredible AIM conference. Help me thank God tonight. Pastor Linwood Dillard, bless God for you tonight, my friend. Thank you for the invitation to come and be with you here. He just broke the rule of one of the most famous Church of God in Christ songs. He called my church the Bethel Baptist Institution or Church of God in Christ. So I guess I'm the first one that wasn't born in it that gets to join it. <laughs> so I thank you, sir. That's all right. Maybe you were speaking prophetically or something. No, let me, let me stop that. I'll get in trouble. I am so honored to be here tonight to share with you in this wonderful conference and thank God once again for the gracious invitation to come to be with you in this place. I hope that the Lord will bless. Now don't let don't let that Baptist fool you on that label. You know, don't get fooled by that. This is Holy Ghost filled all the way up here and we know the Lord is going to bless in this place tonight. In the fifth chapter of the gospel of Getting at the first verse is a wonderful story. If you would not mind standing with me to honor the reading of God's holy word. I won't read the story in its entirety, although we will preach that story 
because it constitutes the context of the preaching meant tonight. But I want to focus beginning at verse 18 to kind of get the underlying premise of our proclamation. Mark chapter 5 verse 18 you'll find these words. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not permit him but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God. Verse 18 said that the man begged Jesus to let him go with him and that Jesus did not allow him. I want to preach tonight as the spiritual guide with this thought in our minds. You're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Jesus has just come through one of the most famous stories in the New Testament, the stilling of the storm on the sea. He has a desire to go over now into the Decapolis, an area of 10 cities just south of the Sea of Galilee, each having its own independent government. They were cities that had been founded by Greek traders and immigrants, so that 95% of the people there were Gentiles. It is believed that Jesus wants to go over to the other side, as he said, to the Decapolis in order to do ministry in this largely Gentile populated area of ten towns. When Jesus comes through the storm and they get to the other side, they encounter a man who is possessed by a demonic spirit. And the text says that the man runs to Jesus bows before Jesus and worships him. I submit to you right off that already preachers had a problem in a theological quandary because we are told that this is a demon-possessed man. And yet the Bible says the demon-possessed man runs to Jesus and worships him. I'm already in a theological confusion because here is a man possessed by a demonic spirit. And yet the text says he runs and bows and worships the Lord. That when you put this into proper theology, you will discover how the demons in the man made their mistake and lost their authority. We, we know that this action of worship can't be the demons because while demons believe they don't worship <laughs> which means this has to be the man in worship with demons in him if, 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 if the demons who have been in control wanted to stay in control then the first mistake they made was not stopping the man from worshiping before they got to talking. 
Now let me tell you why that should have helped somebody tonight and you're not going to say amen. Because there have been moments where you have had demonic forces at work in your life and in your mind. And the first mistake they made was letting you get to worship. Even with the devil in you, sometimes you made it through because you got to worship. Don't miss it. He's out of his mind, but worshiping. Not in his right mind, but worshiping. While he may be out of his mind, he obviously has not lost all of his mind because he's got enough of his mind to know how to get down on his knees and worship. I know I'm early in the sermon, but somebody can testify that all you need is a piece of your mind, a piece of sanity, just enough to know how to worship. You know what ought to be your joy on a Tuesday night? That with all you've had on your mind, making you feel like you're going crazy and losing your mind, you still had enough sense to get to church and participate in worship. I mean, with everything that you've had on your mind, you've got a certifiable right to be crazy. People, the person next to you just does not know that you are working a job, keeping a family together, balancing a budget, trying to be a parent, trying to pray, trying to worship, trying to be a pastor, trying to be a leader, trying to keep focus, trying to help people, trying to be nice to people that are mean to you, trying to speak to people that don't deserve your handshake you've got a lot going on but you still got enough of your mind to know how to worship see here's what I've discovered if there's one thing that shakes the devil it ain't just that you come to church it's when you learn how to worship because every time you worship, you remind the devil that you got hired and he got fired. You do know he was the original worship leader. And when he got narcissistic, he decided to try to take over heaven. And God fired him and kicked him out. And then God made a Theo executive decision that from now on, I won't give worship to one person. But everybody that calls the name of my son will get hired as a worship leader. So every time you open up your mouth, you remind the devil that you've got his job. But wait, that ain't the real reason he can't stand your worship. Here it is. He messed up one time and got fired. You mess up every day and still got the job. I wish I had some real people tonight. Is there anybody that can thank God that he didn't treat you like he did the devil? That even when you messed up, you still got your... Don't sit down, I'm just getting started. With all of that demonic presence in him, He's got enough sense to worship. And the Bible says Jesus takes authority over the demonic presence and the spirit at operation in the mind of the man. And the demons beg Jesus to send them into the swine. <laughs> and the 
demons into the swine, run off a cliff, and drown. And the text says that the people of the area, watch this, begged Jesus to leave their country. They came out, watch it now, and saw that this man, who they all knew was crazy, is now healed, clothed, and in his right mind. I'm coming back to that. When they see it, the text says the ones that are leading the charge for him to leave are the ones who kept the swine. And they go and tell the ones who are the owners of the swine. And when the owners of the swine see what has happened to their swine, they are the people that beg Jesus to leave. Watch this. Because what Jesus has done to their pigs has had a financial impact on their business. They lost swine, which was part of the economy of the area, so that Jesus has impacted their money. Don't miss this. They got a man who's been healed. And they were more concerned over losing money than they were over celebrating a miracle. God help me preach tonight. They value pigs over people. They, they, they lost pigs but gained a life and are more upset about the pigs they lost than the life they gained. I mean the brother has been delivered which means they ought to be shouting, they ought to be rejoicing but they can't rejoice with the man because they are too upset over the economic impact his being delivered has had on them and we at times can be just like them valuing things over people I'm going to get in trouble now valuing money over ministry valuing ministry over movement by making ministries monuments to our own self aggrandizement and some people in the words of Dr. Jeremiah Wright put price over principle and become prostitutes in the process because we are more concerned about our money than we are about making miracles but I discovered a long time ago you don't need money for a miracle all you need is faith in the supernatural I mean I'm looking for somebody tonight who can say I didn't have the money but the car is still in the driveway my child is still in school I still got groceries in the house my bills are paid and I never got the money because a miracle I dare you to shake somebody's hand and tell them I look this rich with as broke as I am because God works miracles without we we are in danger in the church of putting pigs over people we put pigs over people when the money in our clothes is more than the money in the budget we put pigs over people when we got 50 members and 10 armor bearers, we, we, we put pigs over people when you got to vote on the budget instead of lay hands on the sick. 
Y'all get quiet, Baptist boy, going home in the morning. It's a terrible thing when we value pigs over people. And verse 18, now I'm landing where I want to go, says, if the man makes a request of Jesus, let me go with you. I mean, Jesus, what better demonstration <laughs> can you have to teach a lesson and let me walk up and let everybody see an ocular demonstration of your supernatural power. Let me get on your staff. Let me be a ministry leader in your church. And the Bible says Jesus denied his request. I'm confused. He's, he's proven he's a worshiper. We know he's been cleaned up. We know his life has been turned around. And yet Jesus said, you ain't ready yet. I'm trying to figure out, Jesus, if he's a worshiper and he's turned his life around and he's got a testimony, why isn't he ready yet? And the Lord impressed me to preach this tonight, Bishop Blake, because there are a whole lot of folk who are in ministry, but they ain't ready. There are a whole lot of folk with titles, but they ain't ready. There are a whole lot of folk in the church running around with fake holiness, but not practical holiness, and they ain't ready. So I had to ask Jesus, Jesus, why wasn't he ready? You give me a minute, I promise I'll be out your way. Jesus said, before he would be ready to go with me, <laughs> I had to teach him the priority of family over ministry. Okay. It's going to get rough now. Let, let me help somebody understand tonight. Your first assignment ain't your church. Your first assignment is not your ministry, it's your family. Because God created family before he created the church. I know I'm getting in trouble now. Your first assignment ain't to your ring or your cross or nothing else, it's your family. I'm in the text. Jesus said, you want to hear what Jesus said to him? Jesus said, no. You can't go with me. Go home. Y'all ain't happy all in this section. Come over here. Jesus said, no, you, you can't go with me. Go home. Y'all a little bit happy. Let me come over here. He said, you cannot go with me. Go home. God help me in here tonight. He says, Lord, I'm ready to do it all for you. And Jesus said, you can't do nothing for me until you go home because you've done a lot of damage when you were under demonic influence and I can't let you think you can be effective till you fix what you messed up. Jesus said, you cannot have an effective ministry until your house is in order. God help me preach it here tonight. 
That's why so many of us stay away from preaching about family and about marriage. Y'all done got quiet now. Because we want to be public success but private failures. There is an all-out demonic assault on the family. Not only on the family, but on the definition of the family. Oh, don't get quiet now. We, 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 we are allowing the White House to tell us what a family is supposed to be. When God has already told us what a family is supposed to be. And there's an all-out assault. And until we get our families together, we will never be effective in ministry. See, many of us want positions and assignments in the church. Jesus is telling you, go home. Maybe when you leave Charlotte, your first stop ought not be your church. When was the last time you laid hands on your wife? When was the last time you put oil on your God, y'all ain't talking to me. When was the last time you spoke a word over your children? When was the last time you looked the devil in the face and told the devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my children. I break every curse that's been in the bloodline of my family because my family is my priority. Let me tell you something. Y'all sit down. You will never have divine favor in public till you, you get it together in private. After all, home is the best place to verify and validate that your change is authentic. Because they know you beyond the robe. She said, you're not ready until you make family your first priority. Then, then I know something else because Jesus tells the man, now go home and tell everybody what I did. We know what he did from the totality of the text is that he put the man in his right mind. Stick with me. Which leads to my second point is that before you're ready to go with me, I need to test the healing of your identity that you have now walked into authenticity. Stick with me. I'm going to come get you. Don't worry. Jesus said, I need to make sure that you're really in your right mind. Um, if you're going to, to do ministry, whether I ain't just talking about preachers, I'm talking about leaders. I'm not just talking about in the church. I'm talking about in the marketplace. You got to know who you are. Because the one thing God and the government got in common, cloning is illegal. One of my, one of my favorite books on the Gospel of Mark is written by one of my dear friends, Dr. Aubrey Hendricks. And in his wonderful commentary on the Gospel of Mark, he informs us, because Jesus says, what's your name? And he said, Legion. But we are many. So I've heard it preached that many had many devils. That's cute, but that ain't correct. Because when you put the text in the context of the historicity of the text, 
And if you were to read this with first century eyes, when they heard the term legion, they didn't think of demons, they thought of Rome. Because legion was the name of the largest single unit in the Roman army. 6,000 soldiers. Now all of that gives us a clue into what's going on with the man. The man is crazy because he's got Rome in his head. Stick with me. He's got Rome in his head and he ain't a Roman. Okay. So his mind has been messed up by trying to live a life contrary to who he is. He's not a Roman, but Rome is so much in his head that he's trying to act like somebody God didn't make him. He's been trying to fit in God where he does not belong. And he's going crazy trying to be other than who he is supposed to. Let me tell you something. Whenever you try to be or live a life other than who you were made to be, you've got wrong in your head. When, when, when you give in to culture and try to be more like culture than Christ. You got wrong in your head. And Bishop Daniels, there are too many in the church with wrong in their head. Don't know how to be who the Lord created them to be because they got wrong in their head. Because everybody's shacking, you think you can shack. And so you come to church driving with your sin, sitting next to your sin, and want it to be all right because you got wrong. Oh, y'all are quiet on me. We got too many churches operating with wrong in their heads. When the church is so busy trying to be seeker friendly that it looks more like a nightclub than sacred space we got wrong when we're more concerned with having lights than we are with the cross we've got wrong y'all done got quiet now in here when we get more concerned about pleasing the culture than pleasing the, when our music becomes so culture driven that you can't tell if it's holy or hip hop secular or sacred faith or fatty wop we got wrong too many churches Operating like Rome, bowing down to dictators, singing songs about making America great again, instead of singing about making the church everything it's supposed to be. I may not get back, but I got the mic right now. We, we got wrong. There are too many preachers with Rome in their heads. When you spend more time studying YouTube than you do studying the book, you got Rome in your head. When you're so busy trying to perfect your hoop that you don't know how to perfect your life, you've got wrong. 
to chase in the glory you've got wrong. And you wonder why millennials aren't coming to our churches. You wonder why millennials are mixed up with their theology. You wonder why they don't want anything to do with us because they see us holy and hypocritical at the same time with Rome in our hands. You better hear me tonight. God will never anoint false advertisement. And there are churches with Ichabod on them. Because we're caught up trying to compete and be like culture. Preachers trying to be the next greatest hooper and get to the next greatest stage. And you ain't got but $50 in the bank, but you're wearing $500 suits. You got Rome in your head. But I came with a good shout. I can't leave you right there. Because here's the good shout of the text, and somebody might rejoice with me. And if you ain't too ashamed to admit you've been out of your mind sometime, in your right mind. I, I thought I'd get a better shout right there. I said, I don't care how out of your mind you have been. Jesus can put you in your right mind. Can I show you how he does it? Because there is, Pastor Dillard, some, y'all sit down. There's some evidence in the text of how you know when you ain't in your right mind. Um, text says he hung out in the cemetery. So folk who aren't in their right mind have to always hang out with folk beneath their potential. He's hanging out with folk who can't talk back to him. And anytime you've got to be the smartest person in the room, and anytime you can only validate your confidence by being in the room with people you think are beneath you, you out your mind. Hang on. Pastor, forgive me, but when you ain't in your mind, you spend time using your body to anesthetize your pain. Because he's cutting himself. He's using his body, Jesus, to help deal with his pain. And don't fool yourself. Every Sunday in the church, there are folk listening to you who are trying to deal with their pain by misusing their bodies. You ain't got to say nothing to me. I know I'm right about it. In all of our churches, there are people every Sunday who cut themselves using their bodies in an effort to anesthetize their pain. But you ought to go back home on Friday or Saturday and tell them the good news. That if you've got enough in you to get to Jesus, he can put you back in your right mind. Because look at the text. The text said when he put him in his right mind, God, this is going to get good. He clothed him. I don't want 
want y'all to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. Now remember, he's been cutting himself, Bishop Ellis, which means he's got bruises all over his body. God. This is going to get good. But when Jesus clothed him, he still got the bruises. You just can't see them. And the reason you can't see them is because they've been covered. I'm looking for the folk tonight who ain't afraid to stand up and say, I got some scars. I got some bruises. I got some hurts. But everybody don't know my scars because he covered me. Anybody know you covered in here? Covered by the blood. Covered by the Holy Ghost covered in your anointing now you know why you ought to shout because the person standing next to you has no idea how cut up you really are the person on your right and your left don't even know how bruised up you are that's because before he uses you he covers you I dare you to shake somebody's hand and tell them you don't have a clue all the private battles I had you don't have a clue all the private fights I had because I'm still scarred but Jesus I'm looking for somebody who can just say thank you for covering me thank you that you wouldn't let my haters see it thank you that it couldn't put it on Facebook thank you that they couldn't put it in the media thank you God that you covered Every now and then, when you start thinking you all that, you know what you need to do? Look underneath your coat, yes. Every time you start smelling yourself, like grandmama said, look underneath your coat. Because sometimes you need to have a reminder that if it had not been hey, for the Lord on your side, you'd still be uncovered. But I dare you to high five three people and tell them Jesus covered me. He covered me. Because I got my mind back. 
be scared in my church. They're going to be scared on my job. Because when I walk in, I walk in like I got my... Everything around me 
here. But I'm looking for some folks tonight who can say, I don't have all the degrees. I don't have the mega church. But I know I'm qualified. Because when he changed me, he qualified me. When he washed me, he qualified me. Good night, church of God in Christ. May the Lord God bless you real good. But is there anybody in here who can help me close this sermon? Stand on your feet. If you know you're a change agent, wave your hand. If you know you're qualified, would you do me one last favor? Take one neighbor by the hand and tell your neighbor name.
mercy. Because ain't nobody shouting for you. Find you one body that'll shout because of what he did for you. That'll holler because of what he did for you.
to show us the way to what change looks like. Thank you for this leader. Thank you, oh God, for his anointing, for his spirit. Thank you tonight for the board and for the bishops and for the pastors. Sweep a fresh anointing on the church of God in Christ.
I'm like God when God and Gideon were talking and Gideon finally believed what God said about him. Gideon told God, uh, wait here while I go get my offering. And God said, go get it and I'll wait right here. I've never seen any other scripture where God waited on anybody except this one and it was about giving. Tonight, if you're going to join and sow that seed, I want you to just stand with me real quick, real quick. It don't take a whole lot. You don't take a whole lot. $150 seed. Don't take a whole lot. Just stand. Just stand right now. Wherever you are, you're going to believe God tonight for it. Thank you so much. You're going to believe God. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to believe God tonight. Just stand wherever you are. Now, don't stand and start walking because I'm going to assume you're standing because you're about to give it. I see you over here. I see you over here. Come on, stand with me. I'm going to sow that $150 seed tonight. I'm going to sow it for the sake of my family. I'm going to sow it for the sake. God bless you over there. Come on, stand wherever you are. Stand wherever you are. I know I'm stretching you tonight, but I promise you if you believe the voice of the prophet, there's a blessing waiting on you in your obedience tonight. Stand wherever you are. All right, you guys, we made it to the end of another podcast. And as always, we hope and pray that you guys have enjoyed what you've heard on this Sunday. Uh, we want you guys to uh, keep us in your prayers as we travel over the dangerous highways and also uh, continue to keep um, our bishop and the other church members who have traveled to Florida as they will be returning uh, on tomorrow. Um, for uh, we, we, We're asking all to pray for traveling mercy and blood covering uh we know how those folks out there on i4 drive if you've ever been to florida and have had to drive on i4 you know exactly what i'm talking about so uh just keep them in your prayers and uh don't forget this coming sunday this fourth sunday uh we will be back at house of deliverance ministries at 3039 thoroughfare road here in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and we hope to see your face in the place. Uh, if you have uh, no other plans on sun on next Sunday, we hope that you guys will come out and uh, enjoy Jesus with us. We definitely would love to see you. We definitely would love to have you uh, come through and fellowship with us. So if you are free, you are more than welcome to come through and uh, enjoy Jesus with us. Uh, We thank you guys, as always, for tuning in and listening, and we hope and pray that you have a blessed remainder of your Sunday and that the remainder of your week is blessed as well. Uh, We love you. We appreciate you. We are praying for you. We hope that you are praying for us. And as always, we will see you on the other side.
somebody and say, I still believe. We're moving. Look at somebody and say, I got a question for you. Do you still believe God? Do you still believe God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're moving. Listen. 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 I think we got about 10 more seconds. Get up and praise him right there. Scream in the afternoon. 
your hand a little, hold it. I said, dance in the after this. Don't dance like you're on the other side. Praise him because you are on the other side. Tell somebody, I'm in the after this. I'm in the after. What's the after? After you have suffered a while. I'm leaving. I I can't. I, I can't. Amen.